0: Well, U.S. inflation numbers didn't fall as much as hoped. In fact, the core number is up, so that's making the job for the Fed that little bit harder. We'll look at the market response to that, but spoiler alert, a bad night for the share market. PPI in China shows no sign of letting go either, so this could go on for some time, it seems. It's getting so serious, even Christine Lagarde is sounding hawkish. And the pound's down because of... Brexit. Yes, it's like old times. Brexit. Here we go again. It's Thursday, the 12th of May, 2022. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Yes, US stocks are back on the descent at close, another 2.8% off the NASDAQ, 1% off the S&P 500, 0.6% off the Dow, while shares in Europe are on the up. The euro stocks 50 rose 2.6%, the FTSE 100 up 1.4%. US bond yields are down again, eight basis points off 10-year Treasuries, now down to 2.91%. Two years are up two basis points to 2.65%, and 10-year yields down across Europe too. German bond yields now below 1%. Uh, the climb in the US dollar, stock- sold a bit today then picked up again it's up 0.1 percent it did get over 104 on the dxy index the pound is down 0.6 percent the japanese yen up 0.4 percent the canadian dollar up a quarter percent not much movement in the aussie it climbed about 0.3 percent up but it's given up most of that now and it's sitting around 69.3 us cents but oil is back on the rise bigly As Donald Trump would say, we've got a 5.3% rise in WTI, 4.4% for Brent, which is now over $107. The uh, EIA figures had shown that crude output in the US fell last week because of the rising cost of drilling, including uh, the rising labour costs. So inflation is making oil more expensive, which is adding to inflation. That's a feedback loop we don't want to see. Sky Masters joins me this morning from NAB in Sydney. So Sky, big losses in tech. Uh, easy to see why inflation fears, isn't it? I mean, particularly those inflation numbers that we saw in the US overnight. Uh, there was hope, wasn't there, that core inflation would uh, month on month wouldn't really move too much but it's actually gone from 0.3% in March to 0.6% in April. So uh, that's that's got to be the biggest influence in the markets overnight, hasn't it?
1: Good morning, Phil. Yes, it it, it has. I mean, it was all about US inflation um, over overnight but I mean prior to that we did have a couple of further ES, um, ECB members speaking, um, and, and in particular Lagarde um, and, and the chorus there coming out of out of the ECB is, is that they need to start, you know, inflation is heading higher and, and they need to, to join the party and start removing um, easy policy. But yeah. interestingly for markets, you know, price action around um, ECB members' Commentary was was limited, and and the focus was really on the US CPI print. And you're correct, you know, I think the market was heading into this number, hoping to see um, a little bit of a, a pullback in inflation. And now you did get that in the in the annual rate numbers; um, they did come down, but that was really, um, you know, a, a base effect occurring there. Um, yeah. And the surprise really was that you know the core measure of US CPI um, you know, came in at 0.6% versus forecast of, of 04 um, And if you look across where the price pressures are coming from, um, you know, food prices were up again. Um, but in the core measure, you saw a surge in um, airfares, strong rise in, in um, shelter prices and, and a big rise in new vehicle prices as well. Yeah, um, Well, that
0: shelter, that shelter price is interesting, isn't it? Because, of course, it's because they do gain CPI there. They do count uh, rent and the rent equivalent. So house prices influence uh, CPI. And, of course, house prices are continuing to rise.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And what, you know, just interesting, what one commentator I've read has sort of said overnight is um you, know, you, you the the basket of items that can be associated with, um, you know, with the pandemic and the lockdown, um, all rose at their fastest pace so far this mm. year. Um, so up about one point three percent on the month, and all of that was led by led by um, air So, so for the market, it, it, it's been a, a bit of a mixed mixed reaction, really. If you if you look at um, price action overnight. Uh, and and most interesting for me, given my focus is on is on yeah. rates, is looking at um, you know how the rates market has has reacted. And you did initially see a spike higher in yields across the curve, but interestingly, um, you know yields yields are off those intraday highs. Um, but importantly, you've seen quite a significant flattening in the u s. treasury curve um as the front end of the curve is sort of held on to some of its post-cPI rise in yields, whereas the back end um, has fully retraced that move. And so what's that telling us? look, I think it's it's telling you a couple of things. Um, one, you know the inflation print, in the US overnight, um, you know, doesn't doesn't mean that hasn't suggested that the Fed needs to take its foot off the pedal. Um, and I guess it keeps it keeps open the prospect of, you know, a couple of more 50 basis point moves by the Fed. Um, it, it sort of supports the view that the Fed needs to move um, quickly to, to head towards neutral. Um, but what it hasn't done is it, it hasn't suggested that the fed might need to go further than what the markets already pricing in terms of um, terminal cash and so i think think that's that's what you're seeing in markets at the moment yeah um, you know, even the markets like it,
0: even that's quite a way to go isn't it so it's not 0.6% core inflation month on month annualized that's 6.2% and if you're trying to bring that down that would be a uh, that's a lot of work for the fed to do
1: yes and that's what i think that's what you're seeing in in the price section of the market i mean i think that's why you've got you know equities are off um, you know, mm. led by led by the tech sector, because there's that realization, well, you know, the Fed is going to keep tightening and they may continue to go quite quickly in terms of trying to get back to neutral. But if if you look at what the market is pricing in terms of um, where the terminal cash rate might end up going, it's well priced for this tightening cycle. And I think we talked about this, Phil, last Thursday, um, post the FOMC. You know, the market is pricing terminal Fed funds rates sort of at around, I don't know, 325. Um, So for now, they're well-priced for that. Um, And I think that's why you're potentially starting to see longer-dated yields consolidating.
0: And we sort of saw Raphael Bostic pretty much saying that, didn't we? He's he's spoken since those inflation numbers. He's supporting the 50 basis point rises for as long as is needed to get to that neutral position uh, or higher, I think he said as well. Uh, so uh, we'll see how it all comes out. It's it's also, and uh, we will we'll, we'll get more Fed speakers. Obviously, there, there's uh, just a plethora of them at the moment. Uh, on the uh, on the share market, the S and P five hundred is now below the four thousand mark. So that's a bit of a psychological barrier. And uh, now well below the 400-day moving average as well. So from a technical perspective, I think that's perhaps something to be concerned about. But as well, uh, not just the uh, the CPI numbers, uh, we uh, we get the PPI numbers, don't we? For April today, that was very high in March. It's, but again, it was expected. It's expected. It's going to fall a little. Uh, but you know, that's what we were saying about the inflation number. Uh, the markets aren't going to be too happy if we see that this one also overdelivers.
1: No, you know that that's that's correct, Phil, um, and. I, I think we're in for a bit of a choppy period for markets going forward. Um, yeah, you know, interesting for me if, if I look at if I look at what the you know if I look at what the CPI prints delivered overnight in the US, and if I think you know if we were a couple of months ago um, and you got a print like we had today, uh, I think you know you'd see bond yields higher right across the curve, um, and you know you would have seen the market adding to expectations for the Fed. But as I've said, the market's well-priced now for this tightening cycle. Um, and I think, you know, that's why you're going to start to get a bit of this choppy um, price action in, in markets as they try and sort of mm. um, understand really whether, you know, is inflation peaking um, at very still very high levels um, or have we not seen the peak
0: yet and where are we in australia with this then are we are we priced uh, realistically do you think right now when I mean, we saw consumer confidence uh, that surprised didn't it, on the downside yesterday
1: yes so i mean in, in australia we're, yeah, we're also priced for a, a swift turnaround um, by the rba so you know the rba moving quickly towards what you know what anyone deems as being neutral, who knows what that is at the moment. But I think that, you know, we're centering it around possibly around 2 250. Um, but, you know, the, I guess one, um, you know, for Australia, our, our inflation prints, as we know, are quarterly, not monthly. Um, So, you know, it's a bit harder for us to get a gauge in terms of the official data. We don't we don't have monthly updates on inflation. So it's sort of, you know, it's going to the information flow into our market on how inflation is tracking and how wages are tracking is going to be a lot slower. Um, So, you know, and I guess maybe that's the reason why, you know, one of the reasons why the RBA was a bit slower in terms of um, beginning its tightening cycle But what was interesting yesterday, we did have the consumer confidence numbers, which came out um, and we saw another drop in in consumer confidence in Australia. And, you know, this is this decline in confidence is something that we're seeing across the globe um, as consumers face, um, you know, the rising cost pressures that they're seeing um, rising petrol prices and now um, rising mortgage rates. So, you know, in Australia, you know, consumer confidence is now at its lowest level since um, August 2020, and if you exclude what went on during the pandemic, you know, we've, we've seen the largest fall in confidence since um, back since June 2015. Um, so it's not great. But at the moment, you know, consumers are still spending. You're seeing that in, in um, retail sales numbers. So, you know, this decline in confidence isn't yet feeding through into a pullback in demand. But that's risk. And I think that's something that markets are looking at now. That That's possibly a reason why now you're seeing Sort of markets, longer dated bond yields consolidating where they're at. Um, the market sort of consolidating around where it sees terminal um, rates heading, um, and you know the focus now is is to look at what what's demand going to do, what's um, what a household consumption trend going to look like in the second half of this year, um, and that's what's going to be interesting.
0: But also, how long are these supply chain difficulties going to go on for as well? Obviously, that's uh, that's crucial in all of this as well. And we had the, the PPI number in China for April year on year, 8% down on March, but 8%. I mean, there was a hope that it would fall more sharply than it has. The inflation rate picked up as well, but I think those PPI numbers are not good news. Uh, and look, if we're looking for a sign that inflation might ease... Uh, we're not seeing it yet from China, are we? And, you know, those lockdowns likely to perpetuate. I mean, infection numbers are well down, but there are researchers at Shanghai's Fudan University. Saying uh, that China, and a quote, risks a tsunami of coronavirus infections with 1.6 million deaths if the government abandons its long-held zero uh, COVID policy. Uh, and uh, so, you know, it sounds like if uh, you know that would scare the living daylights out of President Xi. They're going to carry on with their lockdowns, uh, and and that means that you know we're we're going to keep on seeing supply chain difficulties until we see an end to this.
1: Yes, and and you know, again, we've talked about this before, but. Um, a key risk for the second half of this year is um, you know ongoing um, supply chain issues feeding through into into higher inflation um you know driven by the lockdowns in China but also the um you know the you know what's going on in Russia and Ukraine, and um, you know the the banning of you know the the impacts that we're going to see on on energy prices in the second half of this year. But if you look at if you look at China's inflation numbers, yes, they did surprise to the upside, um, but they're not seen to 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 be high enough to stop um, you know the the sort of rate cuts that are expected next week. So, um, yeah, I think the market is still looking, um, for an easing in policy next week, week of a cut of around 10 basis points in the lending facility. Um, that's still expected. And probably more importantly for China will be, um, the sort of activity data prints that we get next week, um, from China. And they're, they're expected to show a weakening in consumer demand. So, you know, that this goes to that point that, yeah, inflation, yes, is is rising, but but
0: you know what's it going to do to um, to consumption? Yeah, absolutely, that's the the crucial question. As you say, in lots of places, we're not seeing it yet, but we know that it's a real risk. Uh, perhaps they are seeing it in the UK. Just to add to the UK's woes, and uh, we get the UK GDP for Q1 uh, today. I think uh, uh, growth around one percent is expected, but you know, if we believe the Bank of England, that's going to fall sharply as the as the year progresses there. But just to add to their woes, uh, Brexit. Do you remember that? Word, it's back. Uh, the uh, UK government wants to rip up the Northern Ireland Protocol unilaterally. That this was, of course, the key part of the EU withdrawal agreement. So uh, yeah, we could see a trade war uh, between the uh, UK and the EU, which uh, doesn't look good for the people of Britain. They're going to eat, have to eat potatoes and carrots and whatever you can grow in cold weather. Uh, I mean, that this is just, and that obviously will just add to, to, to supply chain difficulties in uh, in that part of the world as well. Uh, I don't know. There's as much we can say on that, apart from the fact it's just another bit of bad news for Britain, isn't
1: it? Yeah, I know. I feel like um, <laughs> I have to say I'm glad I I, I don't live in in London because I don't really like potatoes, so I don't want to be living in that in in, in that scenario, of just eating potatoes. And you know, like I have to say, I, I didn't think that I'd be. <laughs> You know, when I logged on this morning and, and saw that on the news, I really didn't think, wow, I'd, I'd be sort of, we'd be talking about Brexit again. So,
0: yeah, you know, there's not, we've done enough. Of it. We don't need to, we, we talked about it for two years. We don't need to talk about it anymore no. apart from the fact that it's in the news today. <laughs> Look, uh, we get US weekly job numbers uh, tonight. And in New Zealand as well, we've got quite a bit. We get food prices, the RBA and Zeds, two year inflation expectations, which were at 3.3%. Uh, the, uh, the finance minister's giving his pre budget speech as well. So quite a bit going out uh, on the other side of the Ditch. And I think we get building permits as well for Australia today, don't we? But uh, other than that, uh, it's uh, yeah. Let's look at the, the follow on from there uh, those uh, those CPI numbers from the US and see what the markets do over the next 24 hours. Good to talk, Sky. Uh, catch you again soon. Thanks, Phil. Bye. And that is how things are this Thursday morning. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. Back again tomorrow morning. Thanks for your company today.